through it in the meantime. The nominees in the category of Audio Presentation Pro are Christian far-right candidate for Covington Commission, Michael Monks, producer. Making a Murderer podcast, Mark Collier, producer. Heated exchange between judge executive and commissioner ahead of needle vote, Michael Monks, producer. And the blue chip goes to Making a Murder podcast, producer, Mark Collier. Google Anjanette Levy. A um, couple of things will come up. Obviously, right now, the Making a Murder series on Netflix, which you covered for WFRV, obviously comes to the top of the queue. But little, little known fact here: you were on David Letterman. Uh, <laughs> um, were you in? Were you at UC then, or are you just out of UC? I was just out of UC. That was in, um, I think, early 2002. And you did a bit where you had to guess the skeletal. Who else binge-watched uh, Making a Murder? Anybody? Yeah. So thank you to uh, Stephen Avery and uh, uh, Anjanette Levy. Um, Michael Monks, the, the two podcasts that were also nominated were amazing. So uh, River City News and Michael Monks, shout out to you. And uh, once again, thank you so much to Blue Chip. This is a great night. Thanks. So that was... The Blue Chip Community Media Awards that was held last week um, in April and for Thomas Matters Radio, of course, took home that award as well as the Blue Chip Media Award for inspirational event for our storytelling event called Story Matters. So we got two nominations, two awards, and uh, really, really happy with uh, our first uh, awards night that was that was unexpected and really really fun uh so thanks to omega processing solutions for allowing us to do for thomas matters radio today on the show we are going to talk again with corbin bloomberg we talked with corbin last year uh, around derby day and he provided us with some picks so if you have not done your kentucky derby uh field study yet now is the podcast to do it. The, of course, the 2017 Kentucky Derby is the most exciting two minutes in sports for a reason. It's special to watch these horses on hallowed grounds at Churchill Downs with all the courage, joy, sadness, heartbreak, and other intense emotions from both the animals and riders on display for the world to see. Those feelings can be reflected in the crowd, most of which will have a small wager and sometimes a lot more placed on the run for the roses. Betting on the Derby is a timeless tradition, and some may argue makes it more enjoyable to watch as it gives fans a vested interest in rooting for or against certain competitors. There's a little that could be described as most thrilling than watching a horse make a break from the back of the pack, galloping hard to finish line, and being named the winner in a photo finish. The only exception might be if this incredible run helped win your trifecta bet. On the other side, being on the losing end of a miraculous sprint down the stretch can be devastating. If you're looking for advice on how to pick winners and wind up on the right side of the Kentucky Derby bet, you have come to the right place. Corbin Bloomberg is a very, very good handicapper. He's got a wealth of knowledge and experience in the field of horse racing, and it is, has been kind enough to provide his take on the upcoming action to our Fort Thomas Matters radio listeners. Up next, Corbin Bloomberg. 
So joining us back on 4 Thomas Matters Radio is Corbin Bloomberg. Of course, Corbin joined us for the first time last year after he gave his derby picks and some other really good picks, whether it be Oaks or the best bet that he had on that post from cbhracing.blogspot.com was actually in the Woodford Stakes right before the Derby, right, Corbin? You remember that one, don't you? Yeah, it was great. Uh, Divisadero won it six to one, so we, that was a nice um, that was a nice prelude to the Derby. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about some of what to expect in the Derby um, on. I don't think you've posted it yet, but on cbhracing.com, you'll have a lot more or cbh.blogspot.com, you'll have a lot more insight as to you know what to expect from each horse. Um, but let's give a little bit of background from you first for our listeners. So you're graduating from UK. Um, you are have worked with Grand Motion, which is uh, the Irish war cry, which I think right now is 13 to 2, uh, one of the favorites of the Derby. You're, you're, you've been inside that barn with that horse. So you've got some, you know, you've got some insight as to what's going on. Keeneland just yeah, wrapped up in, in the spring, and, and you you only missed two days at Keeneland. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately, I had to travel one weekend. But other than that, I was pretty much there every day. So uh, I I tried. It was my last meet as a student, so I tried to get out there as much as I could. And uh, it's beautiful weather most of the meet. So uh, it yeah, was great. Well, and so I, the reason for me setting that up that way is I don't. I just don't want people to think. All right. This is a you know a twenty one year old kid that that just scours you know things on the internet and, and tries to read about and how to pick the horses that way. I mean these are this is this is uh, your, your handicapping is based on experience and, and actually seeing these horses in the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's I I follow it really closely since uh, the Derby horses probably since last November. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, haven't missed a prep race uh, on TV or at Keeneland, uh, and I uh, I really do focus on it, and it's what I love. Racing is really what I, I care about, and uh, the Derby is obviously the pinnacle. So. so before we get into the Derby, let's talk about um, one of your your I think probably good wins last year was on Christmas Eve. Uh, now there's not many tracks that are open on christmas eve uh, talk about the best win that you had last year um well christmas eve was the only laurel park in maryland is the only track running on christmas eve this year and um i decided to throw together a little pick five ticket with me and two other buddies and uh it wasn't an expensive ticket or anything like that but it did come through and paid about i think uh, just over four and a half grand. Um, so that was the biggest score of my life so far and uh, certainly made for a little bit of a better Christmas. Yeah, I guess so. Were, were they were they chariot horses at, at Laurel Park at that point? They they didn't have thoroughbreds racing, did they? No, it, it is thoroughbreds. Laurel oh, is runs, it? Uh, yeah, they run a winter meet. Um, for It's it's cold, but they, they do run it and uh, it's... It, Steve's pretty good racing at Laurel, and it's only about a half hour from where I grew up, so it's a track that I love and follow, and uh, so it was great. It was a, uh, it was really exciting. Well, let's let's get into the field right now, and and I think probably unlike some of the most recent editions of the Kentucky Derby, this year's event doesn't really have a heavy favorite at the top um, as of now, and this could all change after 
uh, Wednesday morning's post position draw, but Classic Empire and, and Always Dreaming are two horses that are sharing the, the spotlight as pre-race favorites at four to one. Um, those figures will probably shift a little bit up to post, but neither should break out as a huge favorite other uh, barring a, you know, a drastic revelation or anything like that. So let's, let's kind of start at the top, uh, between those, those two horses, classic empire, always dreaming. Um, what, what are your thoughts on both of those horses? So to start with classic empire, I think you're, you'll hear a lot about classic empire over the next few days. Um, mostly his attitude. Um, he's a bit of a quirky, uh, headstrong in some ways horse. Uh, he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile for two-year-olds last year, making him the early favorite. Uh, but prior to that race, two races prior to that, he, at the start of a grade one up at Saratoga, he maybe made it five strides out of the gate and did a wheel around, turned around, lost the jockey. Um, so that wasn't a great start to his career. Um, and then he's, they sort of corrected it. Mark Cassie trains him, corrected it, and he ended up winning a grade one at Keeneland and then won the grade one Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. Um, then this winter he went to Florida, uh, to train for the Derby and in his first race back, uh, in the grade three, Holy Bull, he got really sweaty beforehand, didn't want to load in the gate and was really flat, um, was the heavy favorite that day and finished a pretty well beaten third. And then after that race, they found an issue with his foot and a few other little issues, but then he started refusing to train in the mornings. They tried to get him to train. He wouldn't train. So they ended up moving him to another farm in Florida. Uh, we were able to get him to train and were able to get him back to win the Arkansas Derby last time. So he's a hard horse to train. Um, he's really talented. And on his best day, he might be the best horse in the race. Um, but with the Derby atmosphere, with all those people, um, with all the horses in the race, it's going to be really hard to trust him. So for me and a lot of people, I think, a lot of the big handicappers and a lot of people here at Classic Empire sort of the horse you want to beat because of his issues at, at, at a short price. Um, always Dreaming's really talented. He hasn't run as many times, uh, but he's undefeated this year, three for three. Um, he's won his first, he broke it, he won his first race this this year at Tampa Bay. Then he won a race at Gulfstream against a pretty easy field, and then he won the Grade One Florida Derby really, really impressively. Um, he's trained he, by that's a Pletcher horse, right? Yeah, and uh, I've picked quite a few Pletcher horses in the Derby before, and it hasn't gone great. He's only won one Derby, um, but uh, this one seems really good. Uh, I think he he's. I would put him in the classic empire camp as maybe the most talented horse in the race. He's been training really forwardly at Churchill this week. He's been, my only worry with him is he gets, he's, he can pull pretty hard. I'm in a race with the, in the Derby where it's longer. Um, if you fight with the jockey a lot, it can be, it can take your stamina out. So that'd be my big worry if he's pulling or you, you'll be able, you'll, if you're betting always dreaming, you'll know pretty early on, I think how it's going to go because if you if you see his head throwing up and down and fighting with the jockey i think you're in a little bit of trouble so you you've worked in the barn with irish war cry which right now i think is like the third you know the third favorite of the derby um i think probably more than anybody you can kind of speak to this horse's character i would guess um what what are your thoughts on irish war cry so he uh he actually started his career in maryland uh 
where Graham motions based and in, in, um, all year round and where this horse would have started his training in the summer was in Fair Hill in Maryland. Um, so he made his first two race, career races at Laurel and won the first one really impressively and was good again in the second race. And then he took a step up in class and actually ran in that race in Florida where Classic Empire didn't run well the Holy Bowl and he won it really nicely, went to the lead and won. And then at Gulfstream Park where the Florida Derby is, you have a, a three prep schedule for the Derby. So you have the Florida Derby as the last one. And in between the Holy Bowl and the Florida Derby is the Fountain of Youth. And Irish Warcry ran there and was the heavy favorite and ran really badly. Um, there was sort of no excuse for it. He finished way back in the field, had a great trip. Um, it was really puzzling. Um, so Graham took him up to Fair Hill to train him there, and then he went to New York for the Wood Memorial in his final prep and won really nicely. So if you took all the race, if you took the one bad race out of Irish Warcry's um, sort of repertoire, he would be a probably a pretty heavy favorite in the Derby. Um, I would I would think he'd he'd be four for four with four win- I mean four really nice wins. But the Fountain of Youth where he bombed is kind of the big question mark because you don't know if you're going to get that again or you're going to get the really good Irish work ride. Right? Right. So that's the worry. Um, and I don't think anyone knows what they're going to get. I mean, you'd hope he'd peak on Derby Day, but you just don't know. So obviously, like, a lot of these, these odds may may or may not change. Um, well, I, I guess let's just start there. Like, the post positions will be, I think that's broadcast tomorrow at 11 a.m., Wednesday the 3rd. Um, do you expect... I guess, like how how much of these odds will change based on their post position when those are drawn? I would think it shouldn't change too much unless one of the favorites. So I would say unless Classic Empire, Always Dreaming, Irish War Cry, or McCracken, if any of one of those four drew the one post or the 20, those are kind of the, the, the posts you really don't want. The one you don't want because you have 19 horses trying to jockey for position and you can get shuffled back really badly. And the 20, I don't say it's as bad as the one because you have a pretty long run at Churchill to the first turn to try to get over and save ground. But the 20 isn't great because you can get caught really wide. Um, and in a race as big as the Derby, you don't want to lose a lot of ground in that first turn. So the one, in, if, if, if Classic Empire always dreaming, if they draw anywhere in the middle of the field, the odds shouldn't change too much. So is there, I mean, is there a position that obviously the one and the 20 are not ideal? Um, are there positions that suit horses better? For instance, like if there's a, a horse that's a, a, a quick starter, would you rather have them on the inside? Yeah, I think that um, typically in a normal race on a normal day at the track, on a Wednesday at the track, if you had a speed horse, you'd want to be on the inside. Um, I'd say in, in the Derby, because there's so many horses, uh, if you really, the best position, I always think, is the 15 at post, because there's 14 gates in the normal um, in the normal gate for Churchill Downs, and then they have a little auxiliary gate, 15 through 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little gap between the 14 and the 15 so you actually have a little extra room if you're on the 14 hole or the 15 hole uh, which is really nice when there's 20 horses around you a little extra room can be really beneficial so what other horses um are, are you likely and again this may change with post or whatever but what other horses do you like in the derby 
So I've sort of made a list of the, there's three horses that I, I think are sort of the likely winners. Um, and those are Irish Warcry, because I think if he does run his race, I think he's going to be really, really hard to beat. I think Always Dreaming, yeah, if he he's really talented, and I think that if he gets a good trip, he's another one. And then the third horse is McCracken. Um, McCracken's three for three at Churchill Downs, which I think is really important. He's never lost on, on at Churchill. Um, he won a race down at Tampa to start his season, and then was third in the bluegrass at Keeneland last time um, after having a little issue in between two races. So he might not have been fully cranked up for the bluegrass. So he should really like, he likes the track. You know that he shouldn't mind the distance. He's more of a mid pack type horse. So he won't be up near the lead where Irish work and always dreaming will be close to the lead, if not on it. Um, and I think that he's probably, he'll be in that 10 to one range. Uh, and I, I'm sort of leaning towards putting him on top for, but um, for good. But those are the three um, that I think are the most likely winners um, this year. What What do you think? Which horse do you think is going to be the one that that has the feel good story behind it? Um, there's always one. It seems like what's what's the one that's got a catchy lead. So I think there's really two. The one is Patch. Um, Todd Pletcher trains him. He has one eye. Um, he had his other eye removed um, after he had an issue with it. So he's he's definitely um, a feel-good story. And then the second is Gunavera. His trainer, Antonio Santos, from ben- Venezuela, um, was actually kidnapped in Venezuela, held for ransom, and then moved his, after he survived that, moved his family to Florida and uh, has a horse in the Derby. So uh, those are the two big stories. They'll both be on They'll both be features on NBC about those two. Um, and I think they're going to sort of be the popular horses to get behind from the story perspective. Which which horses are, are trained in, in Kentucky? I always, I always kind of look at, when I'm looking at it, my racing form, I don't know, you know, what to look at necessarily. I, I'm a guy that looks at my jockeys. I, I have favorite jockeys that I like to bet on. Um, but I also like to, to bet on Kentucky horses. Are there any Kentucky horses in the field this year? Yeah, absolutely. So McCracken, um, he ran in Kentucky all three starts uh, at two and then ran in the bluegrass at Keeneland at three and was trained here um, after he moved up from Florida. So he's definitely a Kentucky horse. Um, I would say the other horses coming out of the bluegrass that have been trained in Kentucky for at least a month would be J-Boy's Echo, who's trained by Dale Romans, who's a Churchill trainer. and then Taprit, who was trained by Pletcher, he ran the Bluegrass. Uh, Practical Joke comes out of Keeneland. And then the winner of the Bluegrass was IRAP for Doug O'Neill, who's a California-based horse but was trained at Keeneland leading up to it. And then Fast and Accurate is the last one. Ran the Spiral at Turfway and won that. Uh, is trained by Mike Maker. So he's actually been in Kentucky all winter. Nike... Um, uh, I'm looking at, at IRAP right now, and it looks like it's going to start at around 28 to 1 or so. Um, looks like the connection to Nyquist is is pretty obvious in that it was trained by the same trainer. Uh, it's ridden by the same jockey. Um, but I don't know that the similarities really extend much farther than IRAP and, and Nyquist. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I mean, Nyquist came into the Derby undefeated. Um IRAP actually won his first race um, in the Bluegrass. He was 31-1. to 1. 
and he sort of shocked the field in the bluegrass. So the way I'm approaching IRAP is the bluegrass was a great win for him, but I'd love to see him do it again in the Derby. I don't think he will. Um, I think everything sort of went his way in the bluegrass, and I'd be really surprised if he came back and won the Derby. Where Nyquist had, had proved everything leading up to the Derby and, and uh, showed it off again. Who are you? May have already talked about this horse. You have a do you have a dark horse um, that that you would put on uh, on a bet if you're trying to look for a long shot? Yeah. So the long shot I think I've sort of um, circled uh, is. Jay Boy's Echo. Um, he ran a really good race two starts ago in New York, um, and then wasn't as good in the Bluegrass behind uh, McCracken and IRAP and Practical Joke. But I just didn't think he had the greatest trip that day. I think he's actually pretty talented. He'll be pretty far back early on, and I think he is one of the better horses that's going to be closing late. So I think that he could be one that could pick up the pieces and maybe run third or fourth um, at a pretty big price. So let's recap. Um, I know you, you mentioned that you think there are three horses that could win it that are most likely to win it. What is a trifecta or a superfecta going to look like for you on Derby day? So I think what if I do, if I am going to play the trifecta, what I will probably do is, um, put Irish War Cry and McCracken. So either one of those two would win in that first spot. Um, and then I would put Irish War Cry Always Dreaming and McCracken in the second spot. Um, so you can do you have two either one of the ones to win and then any of those three to finish second. And then in third you try to probably find you put those three back into third. So Irish War Cry, uh, McCracken and always dreaming in third and then you might add a few horses in the third spot to try to run late to finish third so i would add um, classic empire in third j boys echo in third practical joke in third and gunavera in third so i'd have I'll try to get a bit of a longer shot in on th- in third to to make it pay a little more corbin bloomberg writing for cbhracing.blogspot.com. He's going to have his picks uh, up tomorrow after, I would assume, after the post positions are posted. Um, last year, you said that your your biggest winner from that post last year came in the Woodford, which is right before the Derby. Do you have any other um, races or, or horses that are really looking good for you elsewhere on Oaks or Derby? Uh, so neither cards come out yet. The Oaks card just drew, so I don't know necessarily on Derby Day yet. But in the Oaks, uh, the favorite, her name's Paradise Woods. She'll probably be two to one, nine to five, but I think she's gonna be really hard to beat. She's really talented and should. I think she should win the Oaks. So um, if you want to bet a favorite in the Oaks, I think Paradise Woods is the one to beat. Well, for our readers that uh, have not gone to CBH racing.blogspot.com it's independently run and owned by corbin blueberg he is graduating from uk he has worked for graham motion who uh, has trained irish war cry and uh missed two days of keeneland this meet so he is probably somebody that you should listen to corbin thank you so much any parting words of wisdom for our listeners i think i think that's it keep an eye on the weather hoping that it's going to be that's going to come through it might rain but um, hopefully not too hard. So hoping for a fast track and a fair race. 
all you can ask for. Corbin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. So looking at the weather forecast, as Corbin talked about it, it might get a little sloppy. Um, we've we've had a little bit of a cold front here in Kentucky. Uh, Louisville is no different in northern, northern Kentucky to Louisville. Um, looks like right now, 70% chance of rain, um, 61 degrees as the high. So I remember last year, at least, I think we have really, really good weather. I know we did on Oaks. I, I attended the Kentucky Oaks last year and, and had really, really nice weather. So we shall see. Uh, hopefully you've, you've gained some information and some uh, insight onto the Kentucky Derby predictions for this year, the 143rd running of the Kentucky Derby. The TV coverage is from 2.30 to 7.20. Um, the post time for the Kentucky Derby is a little bit later this year, about 6.30, I think 6.34 to be exact. So um, they will be running at Churchill Downs in Louisville, as always. Thank you once again to Corbin Bloomberg, cbhracing.blogspot.com, and again to our sponsor, for the award-winning, award-winning for Thomas Matters Radio, Omega Processing Solutions, this is Mark Collier.